Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome on the Culture News. My name is David Cerebro, and I have the pleasure today on iHeartRadio to welcome one of the greatest band of all time. It's very easy, folks. I'm their biggest fan. That's it. I'm their biggest fan. You know, you can go check their sales, check the amount of streams, their amount of videos on YouTube. Probably half of them come from me. That's how big of a fan I am. They are absolutely wonderful. They have one of the best personality, the greatest voices ever. And they come from above because there's no way, there's no way that they are like the mortals, like anyone else. There is no way. These guys are absolutely wonderful. They have released all the greatest album that you could hear uh, today in this planet. And they are coming today with this new album, what a, what a great idea to pay a tribute because it's way more than just performing the songs. They're literally bringing a tribute to this beautiful genre of music, which is a genre on its own, the Motown and their new album called Motown. All the greatest classics are there. Of course, you know of whom I'm talking. This is the wonderful band, the best ever band in the world, Il Divo. And I'm very lucky to have two of its full member, the wonderful Mr. David Miller, one of the greatest tenor of all time, another great tenor of his time, Mr. Urs Buller. They are joining on Zoom today from LA. My apologies for making them wake up early in the morning. This is exactly what a singer loves, but enough of the talking. I'm not gonna talk anymore, I promise. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, David Miller and Urs Buller, how are you guys? Good morning. Yes, good morning. Very well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for uh, taking some of your time to, to be with a, with a small guy like myself, you know, but I, it, it really means a lot. So the first question I would like to tell you, first of all, congratulations for all your accomplishments. Congratulations and thank you for um, making, you know, so many people around the world happy and for taking the, the classical singing and, and the singing to a new level. First of all, I'm going to start with David, then after Urs or Urs and David, whatever you want. Um, David, let, let's start by you. I would love to know, how did you start singing? Um, it was actually quite by chance. Um, my kind of goals as a young man were to um, well, I wanted to be an astronaut and I wanted to perform experiments on uh, the uh, International Space Station. And, you know, at the time of sixth grade, seventh grade, um, this just completely fascinated me. I was planning on going into the um, maths and sciences and um, my dad was military. So I was going to, you know, I was going to apply to one of the academies. And then in high school, I was, uh, because our, our high school kind of did things in categories and credits, you need a certain number of credits in English and, and uh, language and arts, fine arts and math and science. And, uh, and so I took choir just to fill some, to fill a gap. And the choir teacher took note of my voice and he, kept encouraging me to audition for the musicals. And in my sophomore year, I finally did. And it was so much fun that I started 
spending more time hanging out with the choir kids and hanging out with the theater kids. And pretty soon my grades started slipping in all the other uh, categories. And my hopes for an appointment to the academy kind of washed down the drain, but that was okay because I was having the time of my life investigating kind of, the, as you said, this gift from above. And that became its own natural progression. I got to my senior year and I started taking voice lessons properly and I auditioned for Oberlin Conservatory and uh, I got in and the rest of my career just became this trajectory towards opera. And then I was an opera singer, just strictly opera for about 15 years until Il Divo found me. And uh, the rest is uh, a different trajectory of music and history. <laughs> Well, you know, in a way, singing tenor is quite close. I didn't know the astronaut part, you know, uh, and I thought I write everything, you know, but no, there, there's still that part. You know, this is why I love this show. But in a way, being an astronaut and a tenor is kind of the things because you reach for the high. But, you know, if you want to, you can go with Jeff Bezos. Maybe he can. Make a call, you know, hey. Maybe we need to study the, uh, you know, the, the, the medical effects of, uh, of music in space. That's, that's a good, that's a good. Oh, experience. that's for sure. Well, there let we me go. tell you with all of your beautiful talents, we travel to space every day and with Motown, the new <laughs> album, I'm in, in space already. You, my dear Urs Boulay, uh, one of the greatest voice, uh, greatest voices of all time. Uh, please tell me where are you from? I know you're from Switzerland. How did you start singing? Well, it's quite funny because it happened to me as well, just like David, you know? I never grew up or I was a little boy and had one wish, I wanted to become a singer, you know? It's not like that at all. I come from a little village called Willisau in Switzerland. It's, uh, to give you an idea, the, when I was growing up there, there were about 6,000 people living in that village. So really like Swiss countryside. Um, my mom and my dad, they both sang in the local church choir. My dad also sang as a soloist in the local men's choir. My mom was singing all day during the housework. And when I was about seven or eight years old, they uh, created a children's choir in the village I come from. So my brother and me, we joined. And I remember we went to rehearsals every Thursday at 6.30 for an hour. And then we walked home from the rehearsal location, which was at the school, uh, about 15 minutes all through the town. And we were singing our hearts out, just walking home, you know, through the village. And it was really funny. So all the neighbors knew, oh, the boys are coming home from choir rehearsal. <laughs> and then, I don't know. Um, when I was about 15, I was, what would be, where would you be at here in the United States? Is that college or high school or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, our school had a summer night party. They organized a big party for all the school and some kids who played instruments wanted to make a band. But they couldn't find anybody who would dare to go up on stage and sing. They finally asked me and I said, oh yeah, sure, I'll do it. I just didn't think anything of it, you know? So we did that and it was kind of my first performance as a singer in a band. And we had a couple more concerts with that band because we liked it, it was fun. We were just doing covers, um, but that was nothing serious really. And then when I was about 17, I got 
uh, approached by a local hard rock band called Siesta at the time. Later, we changed that name to The Conspiracy uh, <laughs> to, be, uh, to be their singer. So I joined them and that was great fun because we, we, we got the management. We actually re released an album. Uh, we toured quite uh, extensively through Switzerland at that time. We had about 60 shows in a year, which was cool. Um, then when I kind of, towards when I finished school, just before I uh, reached the age of 20, that kind of ran out of steam and um, yeah. So that just came to an end. Um, I finished school and I was going to go to university and study. And I had several interests. I was very interested in biology, zoology, ornithology, uh, maths as well. Uh, it was one of my very strong subjects at school. And I didn't quite, wasn't able to make up my mind. What, I, what am I going to do with my life? And I had a singing teacher in that last year of school, just for the band, because I had no idea about uh, vocal technique or anything. And she told me, Urs, music has always been a very big part of your life. Why don't you go and enroll for the Academy for Music Teacher? Because that's a very, very broad study. You've got direction, you've got history, you've got all the theory, you've got voice lessons, you've got piano lessons, you've got pretty much everything in the field of music. And from there, you can go anywhere. You can specialize. So I did that. I thought that was a great idea. I started those studies. And uh, then very soon, and I was kind of like David only, <laughs> um, I had a choir lesson. We sang in the choir. And after the lesson, the choir teacher came to me and said, Mr. Bueller, I have got a general rehearsal for a St. Matthew's Passion tomorrow, and my evangelist is sick. Would you be able to replace him? Do you know the part? And I was like, who's St. Matthew? That really, at that point, I still had no idea about that stuff. But it struck me that he thought, just from hearing me sing, that I was at that level as a classical tenor. And um, I was talking to my singing teacher about it and talking to other older colleagues as well, older students. And they all said, you know, you have a beautiful voice, you know, maybe you should just consider professional voice studies. And I said that to my singing teacher and he said, oh yeah, that was always the plan with you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'll do that. And yeah, then I started uh, parallel to the music teacher degrees and everything. I started uh, studies as a classical uh, tenor and a classical voice teacher. And I did all my degrees, masters, whatever you call that in the United States in there. And then I moved to Amsterdam and went to a superior music uh, conservatory there and uh, did another, uh, you know, professional voice studies. And from there, I sang a lot in the opera, I sang a lot in choirs and stuff, did a lot of oratorio. And from there, I uh, kind of got to do the audition for El Divo. And again, the rest is history. That was 17, 18 years ago. Wow. What a beautiful, what a beautiful journey, what a beautiful path. And uh, I think, you know, Switzerland, you should be an honored citizen because, you know, one of the two great things of uh, Switzerland is 
Urs Buller and the melted Swiss cheese, you know, on the burger. This is the best, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> they should, you know, when we land in Switzerland, they should be, I think, your photo everywhere saying, you know, because you, you're making the country uh, so, so, so proud. Of course, I say hello to uh, Sebastian Isambar and to uh, Carlos uh, uh, Marin, who excuse themselves for today. Uh, we say hello, of course. So, Fast forwarding to these phenomenal, because I could spend days talking about all you guys have accomplished, but fast forwarding to this gem, to this wonderful album, Motown. Thank you again for paying a tribute to this album. So on each album that you've done, every time you kind of experience a different uh, genre, and all of you come from uh, different musical influences. Uh, Carlos was doing Zarzuela, uh, Sebastian was doing uh, pop variety, uh, classical crossover already. Uh, Urs, you were, you didn't say that you were singing, uh, you know, heavy metal also, you know, and you were uh, playing also all kinds of instruments, also drums, piano, flute, right? If I uh, read that correctly. Uh, I've never played flute, no, but I've been very enthusiastically playing electric guitar. Oh, um, been playing bass at a certain time as well. A little bit of drums, but you know, this, I never, I, I kind of dabbled with everything, but I can't really play anything. Good. <laughs> like, so, uh, in the end, I'm just a singer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you, David, went into uh, these beautiful uh, um, uh, career. So all of you guys, also with your album, you sang musicals, you sang the beautiful Spanish songs and the heavy uh, stuff, the Somewhere, the uh, Caruso, and all this stuff, and now you're going to Motown. So my first question, and we can start with David, is um, how this idea of this uh, wonderful album came about, and how different was it for you to approach that repertoire? Because uh, it's you guys went to the very soft voice and also brought the heavy Il Divo signature, uh, I would say. So how all of that came about? Well, every album um, going all the way back to the first album has always been treated like an ongoing experiment. Um, we had not met each other before going into the studio. Um, and uh, as you said, we had very, uh, different musical backgrounds and musical influences and different ideas of what, of what made music great or what made a song great. Um, I had never been in a recording studio before. Uh, I, I know Urs had recorded uh, with Conspiracy uh, and I know Sebastian had recorded some for his French pop music and Carlos has done everything under the sun. He's done musicals, he's done operas, he's done TV, <laughs> he's hosted TV shows. Um, and so it was, for me, it was, it was a brand new environment altogether, meeting these new guys, working in a recording studio, learning to record my voice because in the opera, it's all just project to the back wall. And there was, it was, for me, I think it was a very steep learning curve to figure all that out. And I think for the four of us trying to figure each other out and figure out this repertoire that none of us really had sung before. Um, so we took it one song at a time one piece of the experiment at a time. Take one song, whose voice is gonna work where? I, I, th I think it took us four months to complete that first album 
because we were trying things and improving things and swapping things and improving things. It was this continual building process. And each album after that, uh, you know, the first the first three albums, uh, Il Divo, uh, Ancora, and Siempre, I kind of look at those as the original trilogy um, of Il Divo, where it really was just a random collection of songs that we were just trying different things with. And, uh, and after that, that was kind of, if you could call it a template, I don't want to call it a template because still, even with these new Motown songs and with every song we attempt, there is no fully formed template. We have an idea of what we sound like now, so it's not completely random, but uh, we still try different things. We try different configurations and we always, number one most important thing that we do with is to be in service of the song. There's, there's a certain amount of trying to figure out what's going to work best for us and our voices. But ultimately, in doing that, it's because we want what's best for the song. What's going to be the, the best arrangement of this? We have this range of, of kind of, you know, the pop qualities of music and the more classical side of music. And where does this song fall on that spectrum? We have to pinpoint where that is. And then depending on where that is, we decide whose voices do this and whose voices do that. Does it take the melody? Does it take a harmony? Is it too early for a harmony? It's, it's such a, a, a complex variable Rubik's cube of a thing. And, you know, I think we got to a certain point. I think the music theater album, uh, A Musical Affair, was the first time where we really took a specific genre and, and investigated a genre uh, unto itself versus this random collection of songs type of thing. And, and uh, Amore Passion was the, uh, the next uh, attempt at, at solely focusing in on a genre. And then we went back to Timeless and, and that was kind of the random collection. So we, we kind of juxtapose this, does it work to be in a singular genre or is it better to, and we're always investigating, we're always trying to further the experiment for me, the Motown uh, idea, if I remember correctly, uh, the idea was uh, that we were coming up on the 20th, uh, not 20th, we were coming up in 2020 on the 60th anniversary of the creation of the Motown label. And uh, we wanted to uh, really investigate this because there, there was a momentous reason to investigate this fantastic music. And this was, we, we started that process in 2018, 2019, um, in time for 2020, and then obviously 2020 hit and um, everything just came to a grinding standstill and us along with it, along with the rest of the world. So we had to, we had to push everything back and Finally, we got to 2021 and we're a year late, but happy birthday Motown. <laughs> and uh, here we are. We have a, a collection of songs that, uh, that we're very proud about. They, they are a tribute and a celebration of this fantastic music. And I think there's a great deal of optimism um, that, that is woven into the fabric of this music that I think the world really needs right now. So I think it couldn't be better timing. You said it beautifully. You say you're a year late, but I think it arrived uh, perfectly because when I hear these songs, I hear like a, uh, a renewal of things, a reminiscence almost of, of uh, spirits, of, of love. And, 
and brothers, sisters, we're going to be together in this. So it came up at a time that, we, we, you know, in the summer, right before the summer. So I know when I'm going to listen, when I'm going to drive in the south of France, that's the album Motown. Uh, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to listen a lot of the album until you guys have a full ear of it. You know all the songs by heart. I have today the wonderful David Miller and wonderful Urs Buller from Il Divo. So, uh, my dear Urs, tell us also, how was your approach also singing-wise on these uh, uh, on these song and, and you being born in, um, in Switzerland? How did you regard uh, these, uh, I would call it, American classics? Well, I didn't know most of these songs and some of the other version because these are obviously classics that are being played all the time everywhere, you know. Um, however, I did not have really any idea or I wasn't in touch any deeper with the genre, just in general. And I was very skeptical about how we're going to do this because it is kind of the furthest step away we've done from our classical crossover format, if you want to call it such, uh, in El Vivo, because it's got much more up-tempo, much more rhythm and all of that. So, yeah, I was wondering, I was really wondering before we started on this project, how are we going to take these songs and pull them over to Il Devo terrain and make them still sound credible, sound like Motown, you know? Because we obviously always, kind of since the beginning, we had to walk that fine line where, let me say it like this, it's very easy to sing a popular song with a classical voice and make it sound like a caricature. Mm. You know, and you don't want that to happen in no way. And for me personally, with this Motown repertoire, when I went into the studio and recorded my parts, I approached it from like a complete natural way. So let's say I went almost to record in a way like when I recorded my album with The Conspiracy 30 years ago. I did not think of, this is my classical technique, this is where I place my voice, and whatsoever. I just thought, I'm rested, I'm well hydrated, I listen to Marvin Gaye, I listen to Smokey Robinson, there comes my line, I let it out, see what's happening. And it worked brilliantly, actually. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's like always when I work uh, without producer, you know, you start somewhere and you think, oh yeah, there's something nice in there, you know, let's take it that way. And, you know, and we'll adapt it a bit too more to the voice that comes before. We, you know, we build it up a bit more because then the guy who sang after you, you know, has got more power uh, in his interpretation there. So it's always a bit of that juggling around. But actually, it worked brilliantly just not to think too much about it, to literally approach this music from a gut feeling, which is not very much what I'm used to do because I'm Germanic, I'm very cerebral, I'm very technical normally when I sing, that's where I feel most at home. 
but it worked on this one and it was great fun. I'm looking very much forward to doing this on stage. We've done, we've only had very little experience with that. We've done a live stream a few weeks ago and we sang two of those songs uh, and we enjoyed the hell out of it actually. So, <laughs> because it's just, yeah, it's got a totally different flavor and it's gonna add something to an El Devo live concert, which we've never had before. So yeah, very, very excited about all that. But it is definitely a, a gem and you said it perfectly, uh, Urs and, and, and David uh, is amazing how your voices are so uh, versatile, how you can navigate into not only different genres, but also different colors, you know, uh, in, in a mountain high enough, by example, you can go, you know, very uh, like popish, you know, like it's dancing. I can't wait to see you guys on stage singing that, like the audience will go nuts, you know, that's a good finale. Like I can hear everybody standing and, and, and the arrangement, the production also is, is, is like very punchy. It's really perfect. And then you take us on the, on the, the, the song for once in my life, so much beautiful romance and, you gave also, I believe, a new breath to these uh, to these important classics, um, and uh, you know, like Una Fortiva Lagrima, all this stuff. You know, you brought to the same, I would say, standard level this beautiful song, My Sharia Moore, and uh, there are so many uh, great uh, uh, standards uh, in 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 them. Uh, the tracks of My Tears, My Girl, I Make Love to You. Uh, River, Deep Mountain High, I'll be there, Richard, I'll be there, Say You, Say Me, etc. Only, only great, great, great um, uh, uh, classics. So what do you think, before we start to say uh, goodbye to each other, because you guys are so nice and, and I appreciate your time, I don't want to uh, take too much of it, but what do you think is the Il Divo touch and, and also there is something that I admire, you know, as a singer myself, because the singing is, is like perfection. Uh, how you manage to bring the operatic voice with the mic that is here, because usually, as you said it, David, usually, you know, the mic is at, on the last row, you know, of the house. But uh, how you manage that kind of a new approach of singing, because you revolutionized it. And what I really admire is how you guys can remember who is singing which part at which moment of the song, because it's more difficult to, to sing that phrase here than the phrase there, than to sing the whole thing. And also the harmony, like you guys came up with harmonies on that album. I'm like, it's, it's just gorgeous. So these three questions in one, I apologize uh, for you, David. Uh, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> well it's it's such a it's a it's again it's one of those things that i remember going back to even the the, the second and the third and and the fourth albums um after the first album came out and and we really didn't take much time to think to ourselves oh yeah we did it we think we we've, we've, we've arrived it's, it really was kind of, all right, what's the next song? How are we going to break this down? How are we going to balance this? And it was a, it was a really a balancing act between, you know, where on the scale of pop and opera, where's that balance? 
on the scale of each one of our voices. You know, we want to make sure each one of the voices is featured and give them roughly, you know, 25% to show up and do their own thing. Um, but then we also have to, you know, come together as a group and, and we straddle that, that balance between a solo moment and a group moment. And we straddle the balance of, you know, which languages should it be in? You know, the, the first album had four, di four different languages on it um, of English and Italian and Spanish. And, and I think French was on the first album. I can't remember if it was first or second album, but, uh, you know, where is the balance um, in, in the languages? And it's always been kind of a song to song thing. There's no real, there is no formula for it. And I think different microphones, different producers would use different microphones to ideally um, find that, what is the most ideal quality for his voice? What's the most ideal quality for his voice? Because my voice is gonna resonate different than Carlos. It's different, it resonates different than Urs or than, than Sebastian and, and vice versa with all the guys. Everybody has a different resonance point. So to answer your question, I really don't know how we have arrived because it's been such a slow and steady process of getting from 17 years ago to here that there's no one moment along the way to really clock where that's where it happened. And, uh, and uh, so when you guys record, do you record the four of you in different booths or you have all your mics uh, close to each other, you need to hear you guys or you all record you know, having headphones, like how, how does it work, the recording process on that particular wonderful album of Motown? Now we do record individually and we've always done that because you kind of have to, otherwise you cannot, um, you cannot mix it properly. You know, you have each other's voices bleeding into each other's mics and you can't really do that, you know, otherwise you cannot get a proper uh, signal out of that. And it's, pos it's impossible to mix an album like that, you know. Yeah, just had to get used to it. It was a very, very slow learning curve for me. It was easier than singing live, actually. I thought, I thought singing live with the classical voice in the microphone, I struggled with that for many, many years on the tours. And I've only got my uh, head or my body or my voice around that a few years ago. That I really feel comfortable with it. But, I mean, I think all that stuff, and like David said, all that slow experimenting development has made El Divo what it is. You know, um, I was just talking to somebody yesterday. I met a fan yesterday. It was very, it was, it was great fun. Uh, and he was just asking me kind of, yeah, all these basic questions as well. And uh, I said, you know, in the beginning, the record company, Simon Cowell had the idea. So the record company got us together. They kind of, I mean, they listen to us, they listen to our opinions, but they still have kind of the final say. We want you to do this, we want you to do that. But that's many, many years ago now. And as many years now since we know that the four of us are El Divo. And what we do and the way we do it, that makes El Divo. Yeah. And I think that's the most important step that happened again, in a very slow process, but that happened in the development of this band, that we really realized Bill Devo is David, Sebastian, Carlos, and Urs. 
And it is El Divo because of David, Sebastian, Carlos, and Norris. And if there was anything else in that configuration, it would not be El Divo. Might be something else, might be something great, but it would not be El Divo. Because we all bring our individual voices, our timbres, our colors, our ideas, our influences, our, 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 I don't know, our joys and our pains and everything into this music. And that's just creates something which is unique. It's always been, and it's, I think it's become more unique over the years because we got confident to let our own individualities influence the final product more. I think, yeah, that's, we've been asked, we've been, we've been asked that question very, very many times, you know, what is, what is El Divo? What makes El Divo? And that's it, just the four of us being individually thinking, feeling, and interpreting artists and joining these four forces together. Definitely, this gorgeous album, Motown. So let me be very clear to uh, David and Urs. I'm gonna go to knock on every single door in New York City to be sure that they're listening to Motown, <laughs> to the album Motown. So I'm starting in my building, you know, on 48th Street. So please, everybody in the building, make sure you're listening to Motown, you know? <laughs> so this is one of the greatest album I have ever heard in my life. All the albums of Il Divo are, are great, but this album, it's, it's for really for everybody. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's so unique. The songs, it's for all kind of mood. It has, you hear really the sun in, in the voices, which you hear also on a lot of songs, but um, of previous albums, but this one is with your sun shining in your ears. It's really honey for the ears. The technique, the singing is absolutely beautiful and how these four singers combine themselves is absolutely unique. The beautiful album Motown. Finally, last question before I let you guys have a, a breakfast and have a life, you know? <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to know, so do you guys, you know, you guys must know each other more than maybe you own, you know, you would know your own brother or your own, you know, family member because you guys travel so much together. You guys share your, 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 your pain, your, your laughs, your, your, your cry, your anxiety, anything that we can have as an artist, as a performer. Um, what you guys mean for each other, because this is, as you said, uh, uh, Urs, like um, more than a band, it's it's a family singing together. It's these uh, this branch in a tree that cannot be detached. What do you guys mean for each other, uh, David? That's a very interesting question. Um, I think there is something that goes, as you said, it's spending so much time with each other, spending, having so many experiences, um, not only musical experiences of all these wonderful highs of creating kind of album after album and getting confirmation after confirmation that what we're doing works um, is, and, and it's so funny to have that happen to four strangers to who just all basically fall into a room together um, at the at the request of a record company, and somehow, as as Urs said, 
we just lent our voices and our talents and what we normally naturally would do. And somehow it just clicks and it clicks again and again and again and again to have this kind of confirmation that, that our, the work we do together musically has such an impact. I, there's a bond that, that is, is created with that, that it's not, it's not a work bond. I think it's even beyond a family bond. It's almost like a karmic bond. You know, there's, there's something inexplicable about what happens. You know, we don't, even have, we don't even have to be in the same room. You know, like when we record this album, we've recorded most of it um, during a, a pandemic situation, everyone in their own booth, but also in their own countries and on mm. different parts of the world. And, and it still has the same, the same deep impact uh, that, uh, that it just seems undefinable. And I think that where it goes from here really just, it could be anywhere. And, and as long as, as the four of us stay, you know, linked as brothers in music, it's, it's going to be powerful. Absolutely. What about you, Urs? Um, yeah, it's, you know what, in the end of it, Il Divo and that meaning, David Miller, Carlos Marino and Sebastian Isambard have been the most important part of my life. Wow. Because the fact that I met these three gentlemen and that I spent time together and that we've worked so hard together for so many years, that has had by far the biggest impact on my life, on my future ever from 2004 onwards. You know, who else I have met along the way, where I have lived along the way, what I have seen, what I have experienced. All of that is a result of me joining El Divo in 2004 and meeting my three other colleagues. So I think that's what they mean to me. You know, it's just an absolutely integral part of my life. If I have to summon up my life, I have to talk mostly about Il Divo. And also about this interview, Urs. Absolutely. You know, I believe and this is one of the highlights of all your career, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's that's beautiful. As I said, you know, uh, sorry for repeating myself, but this album Motown is really a gem. The most beautiful song. We all know these beautiful standards, but Il Divo brought these standards to another uh, level. I am so honored. I cannot thank you guys enough because you guys are like, you know, superstars, world superstar. You have entertained millions and zillions of people. And you just show the big heart that is behind your great voices that you get taking the time at uh, 9 a.m. in LA uh, to, uh, to, to take, uh, uh, to give me this opportunity to be on my show. I wanna thank, uh, I wanna say hello to uh, Sebastian uh, Isambar and Carlos. Uh, Marine also, all the two members of Il Devo cannot be with us today, but they excuse themselves with all uh, 
great respect. So thank you so much. Uh, I want to say hello to uh, Max Horowitz from Crossover Media and of course, Sarah from the management of the band who put all of that together. I'm very, very uh, honored. So before we start to say goodbye to each other, what are you guys doing next, uh, David? What are you going to do over the next few months? I guess I know there are some shows coming in August. So what are you guys doing next? Yeah, uh, next is um, we're working towards bringing this album, uh, incorporating it into a brand new show um, that we're going to be taking around the world, the, the first performances of which will be in the U.S. coming up here in August and September, and the dates of which, obviously, the easiest way to find those are on ildevo.com. And it's, it's really kind of phase two of, uh, of For Once in My Life. Uh, bringing it to the audiences and, and uh, you know, I have to say that it's always very interesting to create these albums and to kind of create them in a vacuum um, where each one of us sings separately and the orchestra is recorded and, and we get good performances and we get the, the perfect take and it's all mixed together and we get the perfect version and great, we put it out there, perfect. But it's when we hit live that's where the rubber hits the road and you really have to test does it work does it in fact work when all of the perfection stop gaps are removed and you got to do it for real and this is always these are the moments that i love the best about il divo is and always since the beginning since the first tour of taking that material and, and putting it into an arena or a theater or wherever, or in this country or that country, and seeing how this, the music translates, going to Japan and singing songs in English or Spanish or Italian or whatever it is, and seeing that those audiences react just as exuberantly as maybe America or England or any of the Latin countries, like everyone has this reaction to it because everyone is able, we're able to actually do what we do. It's not just a fabrication that you do in a studio. We go out there and we do it live. We do it night after night. And that's always what I look forward to. So that's what's coming next. Well, we definitely can wait. And you, Urs, what are your next projects and what are you looking up to uh, over the next few months? Well, as you can imagine, it's going to be exactly the same what David does. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 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 Thanks to that. Thanks to that. Also, we're just about. Uh, that's why Carlos isn't here. Carlos is actually recording today because we got a little, little, tiny, a very interesting collaboration going on at the very moment. I'm going to go in the studio on Friday and record my parts. Wow. I can't really say anything else about it. But just so you see, yeah, there's tour coming up, but there's other stuff going on. That's the wheels and the Aldivo machinery are always turning. There's always something planned. And yeah, we still have to bring this album on stage, but there's obviously already thoughts. What are we going to record next? Anything you guys touch is absolutely wonderful. And of course, many blessings to uh, Simon Cowell for having this genius idea. I think it's when you watch the three tenors, singing with the harmonies and different parts that he had this idea for bringing you guys, right? I think, I think something like that. Three yeah. tenors, Andrea Bocelli, you know, these people, I think they influenced him too. 
wow. come to that special idea. Well, wow. Ike, my beautiful. You know, from now on, there is no other press agent or manager in the world who is going to believe me when I'm going to say it's a 10-minute interview. You know, no one is going <laughs> to... That's it. I'm, I'm burned in the business now. <laughs> I said 10 minutes, it lasted almost an hour. But what a beautiful hour. Thank you, guys. I apologize again for going on. But uh, I love you guys so much. You guys are my heroes. And what you guys have opened the door. And I want you to know, as, as a singer, you guys have opened the door to so many crossover singers that they love to sing. They're classically trained, but they were kind of ashamed to, uh, to sing Caruso or sing, you know, like uh, um, Unbreak My Heart or, or My Way, because in the opera, there was that thing, which, you know, I'm sure David, you know, and, and also so that, oh, when you're an opera singer, you can only sing uh, opera or you can only sing, even if you're a Mozart singer, like only Mozart or Verdi, only Verdi. But you guys opened the door for all these repertoire and all these singers. So I really want to thank you because what you're doing is not just for the audience, for yourself, for everybody, but it's also for all you have contributed in this industry. So from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is David Cerebro. I had the privilege, the honor to have today on iHeartRadio, two members of the first class band, the greatest band in the world, Il Divo, the wonderful David Miller and Mr. Urs Buller, who were kind enough to be uh, with us today uh, over the phone, but also on Zoom, on the video. So very, very grateful. We are going to play this album Motown nonstop from the beginning to the end, from the end to the beginning. This is one of the greatest album I have ever heard. This is really a tornado. You know, that's what it is, you know, uh, beautiful. And uh, just listen to the first song. You know, you will, you will understand. It's right away announces the, the color. More music is coming up and many blessings. Thank you, David. Thank you, Urs. Regards to Sebastian and Carlos. God bless you guys. God bless Il Divo. And thank you, God, for bringing Il Divo to us. Have a lovely day. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. You take care. Take care.